Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or uh, a little later on the radio today, a reminder to go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for this service under the Resources tab and uh, options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Today, our radio broadcast is sponsored by the Mary Martha Guild in celebration of Lutheran Women's Missionary League Sunday today. Got a few announcements to share with you before we start worship this morning. These uh, past few days have been some important days here at chapel. Around 25 chapel leaders and members have been working through a process of visioning and collaborating and planning as we celebrate chapel's history of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and then seeking God's guidance for the future. Uh, we've been led and our, our work has been facilitated, facilitated by this gentleman walking up the side here, the Reverend Daniel Lepley. He is LCEF Vice President of our English District. Uh, Pastor Lepley will also be preaching this morning. He shared uh, um, some of the insights from this weekend during Bible class hour. A number of you were there. Thank you for that. And we certainly thank Pastor Lepley for being with us these these that last number of days and the tremendous work he is he is uh, invested into Chapel of the Cross, leading us here, and uh, we thank you for sharing the word with us today. A few other announcements. Please mark your calendars next weekend, October 7th and 8th. Mike Miller from Day Three Seeds and Pastor Raymond Kaija from the Lutheran Church of Uganda will be present with us next weekend. Uh, a good, our good friend Pastor Kaija will share the word that day, and both uh, Pastor and Mike Miller will lead our Sunday Bible study time, giving us an update of the ministry of Day Three Seeds, both in Uganda and elsewhere. So that's uh, next weekend, October 7th and 8th. And uh, unfortunately, I got to give you just a little word of warning this morning. An, an email hacker has recently been attempting to gain access to personal information by sending out emails with a link to open a document. Several church members have been affected by that, which means that more emails are likely to be sent to contacts within the congregation. Uh, please be aware of that and do not open any documents or provide your personal or password information to anyone without verifying their identity by phone. And I say that by phone because if you email to verify, more likely than not, the hacker has been posing as the real person and, and answering you in that way. So, so um, if you get an email like that, the best thing, just ignore it, delete it. Um, if you've already clicked on something that, that looks suspicious, be sure to change your email passwords immediately and, and monitor your bank and other accounts closely. Uh, the whole thing kind of reminds us of Jesus' words that, that he says, uh, where he says we're sent out as sheep among wolves. Uh, and therefore, we should be innocent as doves, but we also ought to be shrewd as snakes. And, and that includes even when you're looking at your emails. So uh, just, just a little word of warning for you this morning. Our director for this weekend is Alan Friend. Alan is standing in the back there in the corner. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Al as one of your uh, members of our board of director here at Chapel of the Cross. And our elder this week, this weekend, is Craig Schlickman. Craig is over here in the bell choir, and he's also going to be uh, greeting you at the door as you leave. Get to know Craig as one of your elders here at Chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn together.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ our Lord, let us with confidence draw near to God that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your loving kindness. In your great mercy, wash away our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not remove us from your presence. Do not take your spirit away. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your spirit. Amen. God is merciful and gracious, granting forgiveness through Jesus Christ to all who confess our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of love, by your grace we have come to hear your word. Grant that we may ever find in it our greatest treasure and hold fast to it as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
The Old Testament reading is from the 18th chapter of Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For every living soul belongs to me, the Father as well as the Son, both alike belong to me. The soul who sins is the one who will die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Hear, O house of Israel, is my way unjust? Is it not your ways that are unjust? If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin, he will die for it. Because of the sin he has committed, he will die. But if a wicked man turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he will save his life. Because he considers all the offenses he has committed and turns away from them, he will surely live. He will not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not just. Are my ways unjust, O house of Israel? Is it not your ways that are unjust? Therefore, O house of Israel, I will judge you, each one according to his ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent. Turn away from all your offenses then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm of the day is Psalm 25, and we speak that responsibly. 
To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, and you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. The epistle is from the second chapter of Philippians. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, 
children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question, and if you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from men? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, we're afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. may be seated. At this time, our children may come forward for the children's message. Good morning. Thank you all for coming up here. Okay, so I have a question for you. Who likes to play games? Okay, I thought everybody's hand was going to go up. (laughs) So I like to play games too. Our family really likes to play games. We play a lot of board games. And I brought a game along with me. (laughs) This one is called... Tacos versus burrito. Anybody played that one before? Okay, some of you have. You can hold that for me. That is a fun one. That's kind of a silly one. Here, I'm going to read. This is taco versus burrito, the battle to build the weirdest, wildest meal ever. All right, so if you have a game that you're going to play... What do you need to do first? If you're going to learn to play a game, what do you got to, what do you got to have? What do you got to do first? We all said it. You got to have the instructions. You got to have, hold on, you got to have instructions or some kind of rules, okay? So with a game, I'm going to hold this again. With a game, who writes the rules? Let's just say for this game, who wrote the rules? That's exactly right. The person that made that game or the person that created that game wrote the rules. Why are they the ones that wrote the rules? Because they made it. They know how it all goes together. They know how we need to play it. Yeah, okay. So, hold on. What about for us? We have 
rules in our life that we have to live by. Would you all agree with that? Okay. What about for us? Where do we get our rules? Who writes the rules? Yeah. I'm going to show you some pictures. We often see this guy in the news. Who is this? Anybody know? (laughs) It's our president, Joe Biden. We don't know who that is. Okay. What What about these people? We know who these are. Police officers? What about them? Do they give us rules? Do they give us rules or do they just enforce the rules? Okay. What is this picture of? A teacher in school. So what about a teacher? Do they make rules for us? Yeah. They also kind of help to enforce those rules. Well, I just happen to have one more thing in the bag. I bet you can guess what it is. It, you saw it. This is a rule book for us too, sort of, for how to, to how to live. So, where do we get our rules? How do we live our life? From the Bible. So, who, whose word is this? Who gives us this? God or Jesus. So. In the, in the gospel lesson that we heard today, there were some people that were questioning Jesus. I don't know if you heard that. They were questioning in Jesus. And what was the question that they asked him? They said, hey, why are you doing this? Who gave you the authority? What does that word mean? What is authority? Hmm? Yeah, okay. So if you have the authority, that means probably that you were the one that made the rules. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm going to put this back in here. Okay, so we know that God, or Jesus, has authority because the Bible tells us that. And the Bible gives us some other examples of what Jesus was doing and what he was saying, why they were questioning him. What are some of the things that Jesus did that showed his authority? It said that he was preaching like someone who had authority. What are some other things? He walked on water. He calmed a storm. He had authority over nature. What about when people were sick? Did, what did he do for people that were sick? Could you do that? No, I couldn't do that either. He healed people from the dead. Jesus died on the cross. And what did he do after that? He rose again. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over death itself, right? So we here, we get to hear and learn all about that in this book. And we know that Jesus is the one that has authority. He has authority over our lives because he made us, he created us. Right? And we know that we can trust him because he loves us so much. Right? So let's say a prayer. I'm going to start, and I want you to say this after me. Dear Jesus, 
we know that you have all power and authority over our lives. Help us to always trust you and to make you the authority in our life. Thank you for loving us. Help us to love others. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for coming up here. You can go back and sit with your families. And we continue with our next hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. Amen. For our sermon this morning, we're going to follow the epistle lesson pretty much verse by verse. So if you want to have your bulletin handy there and follow along. Our reading from Philippians chapter 2 begins, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and purpose. This is the word of the Lord. So this is why your church leadership invited me to spend the weekend uh, with you, that we would have an opportunity and spend the better part of the last three days thinking and dreaming and praying and meditating upon uh, God's word and seeking his voice and seeking his purposes as we look to the future of chapel. But if we naturally lived in, with unity of purpose, St. Paul wouldn't have had to write these verses. And he goes on recognizing and pleading and encouraging the, the Christians there in Philippi to have the same love, be like-minded in one spirit and purpose. He goes on to say, beginning in verse 3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. We've had a couple of pretty high-profile instances this past week of breaches of public trust. A U.S. senator indicted on charges of bribery. Federal agents searching his home, finding hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash and gold bars in his possession. Who carries gold bars around anymore anyways? And of course, everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but if, as the indictment seems to suggest, this senator was taking bribes to craft favorable business deals and legislation to benefit foreign interests in our own country, that's a problem. That is a breach of trust. Because in that instance, he would have put his own personal interest, his own personal financial well-being, above the responsibility entrusted him by those who elected him to office. And that is not in the spirit of how Paul encourages us to live and to act in these verses. Another high-profile instance of the breach of public trust is found in the fact that the Archdiocese of Baltimore filed for bankruptcy this week. Why? Well, because of the allegations of hundreds of cases of child abuse at the hands of priests over many decades. And the Archdiocese filed for bankruptcy this week because a new state law that is to take effect next week or later this week, may have already taken place actually, increase the statute of limitations so that there is no longer any statute of limitation for child abuse. So they filed for bankruptcy protection while the statute of limitation for civil liability is still in place. I know pastor said that when it comes to certain matters that we need to be shrewd as snakes, 
And I understand the human reasoning for the archdiocese to seek to protect the assets of the Roman Catholic Church in that part of the world. But what does this do to victims? What sort of justice is that for the hundreds of innocent children whose innocence was robbed from them by the perversion of priests? Men who are not only called Christian, but men who are called in their office father. You see, anytime a public servant puts their personal interest over the interest of the whole, people are harmed and trust is broken. Institutional church is no different. People are hurt, trust is broken. But this isn't a Democrat or Republican thing because believe it or not, even men and women in the absolute highest office of our country are tempted to use their office for personal gain. This isn't a Catholic or Protestant thing. As if the Roman Catholic Church is a problem that we are somehow immune to. Because the reality is the same sin that would lead a public official to use their office for personal gain lives inside of me. And that same root of sin lives inside of you. The same sin that corrupts or perverts the heart of a Roman Catholic priest lives inside of me. It lives inside of you. Because according to our fallen nature, we are bound to put ourselves first. Serve ourselves first. Paul says in verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing, but I think given the state of the world, we got good reason to complain and argue. And I work with congregations all over the country. And I go to these congregations and I work with them many times, like working with your own leadership. And I, I look at the pews and I see there's people missing. Not just people in many places, entire generations missing. My generation is largely missing from the Christian church in America, including our beloved Missouri Synod. My children's children's generation is largely missing. We have a very good representation right here in the front row. Fourth row, good job. Keep it up. But more often than not, when I'm attending a, a board meeting or a leadership meeting or a committee meeting on behalf of the church, I am the youngest person in the room. And oftentimes by 15 and 20 years. Why? Because even our congregations, even we, are guilty of putting our own interests first. Putting our desires first and expecting everyone else to get in line. And it might be okay if we, if we treated others as second, third, or fourth, but I think that we, in, according to our human nature, treat the other person more like number 578 million, 794,658th on the list of important people. And we are broken. And, and, and it hurts other people. But there is hope for us. There is hope because God, the God who knows your sin better than you do, loves you. He has sent his son 
into the world to take your sin upon himself, to suffer and die on the cross for it, to rise from the dead, to fill your heart, your sinful, selfish human heart, with a new spirit. Yes, that gift of the forgiveness of sins and that promise of everlasting life in Christ Jesus is the most important gift that God gives to us. But it isn't as if his work stops there. Because his spirit lives inside of every single one of us. Which is why St. Paul can go on to say, beginning in verse 15, that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. We shine like stars when God's spirit prevails in our lives and we begin by his grace to live lives in accordance with his will and in alignment with his word. And this is his work within us. This is his work within the church. I said at the beginning of the sermon that the leadership of the church invited me to come and talk about the future and we, we began our work together by taking a little bit of a look out and back. We looked inside at ourselves. I actually profiled every member of the team. It was a lot of fun for me. I hope that they enjoyed it as much as I did. But we did that so that we would determine, okay, if somebody 30 or 40 years from the future hears about Chapel of the Cross in North County, St. Louis, what do they think? And that was what I challenged them with. And so I sent them home with homework on Thursday and I'd ask everyone in the group to bring back three Bible, either passages or persons or, or parables that, that when someone in the future thinks of chapel, this is what they see. And this is what they came up with. They went with Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Very familiar to many of you, right? Like, let your light shine. And the nine words that they came up with to kind of summarize how they want the people in this community to see chapel 30 or 40 years from now was shining Christ's light, sharing our hope, and showing his love. Which just happens to go really, really nicely with this epistle lesson. She made it really easy for me to write the sermon to preach to you. That you would shine like stars in the sky. We shine when God does his work in our hearts because of the unconditional love that we have in Christ Jesus. Paul continues in verse 16. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read the last part of verse 15. Shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. The second part of the biblical blue sky that we came up with was share our hope right in line with our passage. The world that we live in is dying without hope. And in our time together with leaders, I, I went through and shared some very difficult and troubling statistics about anxiety and depression and suicide rates, particularly among young people. Young people today are ending their lives at a tragic rate because they are living without hope. The world has taught them, I would say falsely, that virtual connection is as meaningful and good and in many ways better than real flesh and blood interactions. We have a whole generation that isn't even interested in getting married right now. We have a generation of kids that aren't even getting driver's license anymore. Why not? They don't need to. 
everything they think they need is right in the palm of their hand. And that, my friends, is a lie that a whole generation is buying into. And these people that buy into these lies don't have hope. We have been given hope in Christ Jesus. And we get to share that hope with the people around us by connecting with them. And that is the only hope that will suffice in a broken and a dying world. St. Paul goes on to say, as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on a sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. The last portion of our biblical blue sky vision of the future here at, at chapel was showing his love, that sacrificial giving, the idea that we would, would show the people in our community the love of Christ because that's what God has created us to do, that we would sacrifice, that we would give. And we talked about in our time together, our planning time together, that one of the greatest and the largest blessings, literally and figuratively, that God has given to you here at chapel is this wonderful and beautiful and huge campus and church. And the reality is that this church was built when there were four times as many people worshiping here. You've got an entire section of your parking lot that you're not even maintaining anymore. What are we going to do with that blessing? How are we going to put it to use for the benefit of the people in our community? Those are the questions that we began to think about and talk about. Because God has blessed you tremendously. You have a, a great and caring pastor. You've got a faithful staff. You've got many members who have poured years and decades and some an entire lifetime into the ministry of this place. That is a blessing. What are you going to do with it? That is the question that I was brought here to ask. And I am not the expert. I am not the answer guy. This isn't even my ministry. My ministry is to encourage you and to bless you in the ministry that God has entrusted to you. And so we have dreamt up this beautiful blue sky vision of the future. And I want to encourage you to talk to pastor, to talk to the members of the team, to talk to your leaders, and, and figure out how can we as God's people today here at chapel be good stewards of the ministry that God has called us to. A sad part of my, my job is that I'm often working with congregations that are at the very end of their life. And even in that situation, we want to be good stewards of the resources that God has given to us. And so I work very hard with leadership teams and the people of those dying congregations to make sure that we can do the best with those resources so that they can continue to work either in that community or in another community, but go to the use of God's people knowing God's love wherever those may go. That's not you, friends. You are alive and you are well. And you've got a lot of runway as a congregation. And so I look forward to seeing what comes from our time together. And I look forward to seeing how you as the people of God come together 
in the spirit of this passage, being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit, and one purpose. Because if you can do that, you hold the answer to all this life's problems, and you will be a tremendous blessing to the people in your community. And you will be blessed as God uses you to be a blessing to others. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen. We stand and we share together our common Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Find that in page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through the good news of Christ's sacrifice for all sin, you have called people out of every nation to be your church. Make your church strong and healthy and fill us with a fervent love for one another and for all who do not yet know you. We thank and we praise you for the time this past week of visioning and planning for the future ministry of Chapel of the Cross. We give you thanks for the leadership and guidance of Pastor Lepley and his time with us this week. And we ask for your blessing, both now and in the future, as we live out our calling as a church of Christ here in North St. Louis County. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, on this LWML Sunday, we thank you for the mission and ministry of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. And we ask you to bless their efforts as they provide opportunities for the good news of salvation in Christ to be proclaimed. Grant them faithfulness to your word and zeal to tell of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, grant your blessing upon all the schools of our land and especially upon the ministry of our partner elementary and high schools. To all teachers, give diligence and a love for their students, as well as opportunities to give witness to your love both through their words and through their actions. Give the students an eagerness to learn and keep them safe from all harm and danger. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Living God, we place into your care the needs of those who are hospitalized, those recovering from surgery, and all others who are struggling against illness and infirmity, including Jan Arbin, Diane Hurst, Dennis Iborg, Janet Keeley, Julie Seibert, Mark Peterson, and Laura Wilson. For all who are in need of your strength and your divine healing, we ask that you grant them your peace and your comfort, and according to your will, your healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we thank and we praise you with those who are celebrating special milestones in their lives, including Alex Utley and his family as they celebrate his 21st birthday, 
Brian Cleveland and her family as they celebrate her 25th birthday this week, and Heather Breaker and her family as they celebrate her 27th birthday. We also pray for Mike and Ellen Smythe and give thanks as they celebrate their 42nd wedding anniversary this week. We ask, Lord, that you continue to guard, to guide, and to bless these children of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and to do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Remain standing as we sing together our recessional hymn, Rejoice, O Pilgrim Throng. <laughs>